Okay, good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's virtual plant clinic. My name is Bill Lester. I'm with University of Florida Extension in Hernando County. And welcome back this week. For anybody who didn't notice, uh, we're very, very sorry that we had to cancel last week's episode at the last moment. We had computer difficulties here. So unfortunately, everything electronic and mechanical that can break will eventually break and laptop died and I was kind of without a computer. So we weren't able to come on and do last week's virtual plant clinic, but this week we're back on. So thank you so much for tuning in. This week is just me. My regular co-host Lily Browning is on vacation. I think she's in Pennsylvania. I saw some pictures on Facebook from her. Um, so hopefully she's having a good time. Hopefully it's not too cold up there yet. Of course, her idea of cold and my idea of cold are different. Anything below 50 is cold. She's, oh, that's still hot, you know. So hopefully she's having a great time. She will be back here with us again next Thursday. So good morning, Lee. Thank you for tuning in. And good morning, buddy. How are you? So see, at least I'm not here totally alone today. I have, you know, we have three people on already. So, hey, if you guys have any lawn and garden questions, go ahead and just post them in the chat and we'll show your question and we'll figure out what's going on and what's wrong. If you would like to, you could, uh, good morning, Debbie, how are you? You could always email me a question and pictures. And there's my email right there. Uh, something that I try to tell people when they're emailing a question with pictures, there's no such thing as sending too many pictures. So don't be shy. Don't think, oh, I'm sending three pictures. Send a bunch of pictures. Because the more pictures you send, clear pictures, from close up and from far away and from in between, the easier it is for us to be able to figure out exactly what's going on. And you can send 15 pictures. And maybe that last picture that you take is the magical one that actually shows us what we need to be able to see to figure out exactly what your issue is. So always feel free to shoot me an email with pictures. If I don't know what is going on, I do work with a lot of other people who are experts in certain areas, and I will send your pictures to them to try to figure out exactly what is wrong. Um, we just had a lady email me a picture of a pine tree yesterday that has some brown needles on it. And I'm not, I'm not really, I know about trees, but I'm not really a pine tree expert. So I had to, um, send it to a coworker and ask them, you know, what do you think it is? So even if I can't figure out what the problem is, we'll figure it out eventually. So let me check my email here. Nope, nobody has sent in any pictures this morning. Like I said, if you have a lawn and garden question, if there's something that you wanna chat about, get some ideas about whether it be taking care of your lawn or vegetable gardening or planting pine trees, whatever the question might be, please go ahead and post that in the chat right below where you're watching me live on both Facebook and YouTube. Um, and we have people from everywhere coming in. We have people from our Facebook page, from our Facebook group. We do have regular weekly YouTube viewers also, which is great. YouTube is a great um, way to get this out there to even more people. Because I know when I talk to folks, 
some people say, well, I'm not on Facebook. You can still watch this through YouTube because you don't have to sign up or log into YouTube. Anybody can go to it. So feel free to watch us on Facebook, our Facebook group, our YouTube page. And if you have any questions, just feel free to go ahead and ask or shoot me an email with good, clear pictures. So let's see, what kind of questions have I gotten this past week? What is going on this time of year? It's finally cooled off here in Hernando County. And I know that we have people watching from, you know, all over the country, really, and all over Florida. So I'm not sure how chilly it's gotten for Lee down there in uh, Broward County yet, in South Florida. I'm sure Buddy up in the Panhandle is definitely chillier than it is here. But it has finally cooled off a little bit here, which means that people's lawns in Central Florida are in the process of going dormant. So whether you have, doesn't matter what kind of grass you have, you could have St. Augustine, you could have Bahia, you could have Bermuda, you could have Zoysia. They're all going into dormancy. And it's the kind of thing that doesn't happen overnight. So your lawn's not growing like crazy one day and then boom, two days later, it's completely dormant. It's a process and it's based on day length, which we have absolutely no control over. It's based on temperature, which we also have absolutely no control over. So lawns are going to go dormant when they want to go dormant. But when your lawn does go dormant, it's obviously not going to grow as quickly because you'll notice pretty quickly, hey, I don't have to cut the grass every week. Now I can cut it every two weeks or every three weeks. Or if you have a Bahia lawn, you might be able to take a couple months off during the winter because it just, it doesn't do anything. It sits there and doesn't grow, not very green. It's just there until spring when it starts to grow once again. So when your lawn does go into dormancy, it does not need nearly as much water as it does during the summer when it's growing actively and definitely does not need any fertilizer because that grass, when it's not growing, it's not going to take up much water and it's not going to take up much fertilizer so you don't need to water it nearly as much and you definitely don't need to or want to fertilize it during the winter because your grass doesn't need it doesn't want it won't take it up and where do you think that fertilizer is going to go that you dump on your lawn in november or december or january it's going to go someplace where we don't want it to it's going to end up in a water system one way or another eventually may wash off into a creek if it rains or if you water your lawn it may leach through the sandy soil and it may take 20 years to make it down into the groundwater and pop up at your local springs but eventually it's going to end up in a water system so remember those lawns going dormant and we have a couple questions here so lee asks leaf cutter bees are damaging my pole beans I've never heard about that before. It can happen. I just had to do a presentation yesterday evening on Zoom for the Audubon, um, uh, the Citrus County Audubon Society. And I was talking about native bees. And one of the native bees that I mentioned are leaf cutter bees. And I know that we have them here in Florida. And I think I've only seen their damage once. And they do really unique damage. So you have a leaf and a leaf cutter bee will cut a circle out of it and a circle off the other edge and another circle off the other edge. 
and it's like a perfect half circle. And they take that leaf off to build their nest with. They don't eat the leaves, they use it in nest construction, and that's what they do with the leaves. Um, Lee, if the damage isn't really bad, if there's any way that you can tolerate it, leafcutter bees are native bees. They're very important pollinators, so they're going to come back and help pollinate those pole beans, so you're going to get a better crop off of them. There really is no chemical control for them because, like I said, they're not eating the leaves. They just come along and carve them off and carry that piece of a leaf off to their nests. And like I said, if you're experiencing problems with it looks like a perfect half circle missing from the side of a leaf. That's what the damage generally looks like. Then they are leaf cutter bees. And like I said, I've never seen them before. I know that we do have them here in Florida. I've never seen the actual bees. And I think I may have seen the damage from them once and that's it. So if there's any way that you could tolerate them, leaf cutter bees are not out year round. My guess is and I don't know their biology down there in South Florida, they may be disappearing for the winter very, very soon. So they may go away all on their own pretty soon. And Lee says it's been in the 70s. Uh, yeah, over, gosh, it's Spring Hill overnight. It's been down to the upper 50s. It's been beautiful at night and first thing in the morning. And Debbie asked, do I have horseweed or bitter flax? I've been pulling them. Would like to plant white clover. What is the best time to plant? Also, I like the frog fruit. Are there seeds available? Can't find. <clears throat> so, Debbie, I'm not sure if you sent me an email with pictures or not. No, I don't see you in the inbox there. Um, if you want to send pictures of the weeds that you're dealing with, we can help figure it out. And horseweed is just a common name. Bitter flax is once again a common name. Uh, we, and a lot of weeds have a number of different common names. I might call it one thing, you might call it something else. Keep in mind, the best and safest control for weeds is physically pulling them up. It's not dangerous. You need to be careful, obviously. Don't hurt yourself when you're out there in the garden. Physically pulling them up, if you only have a small number of them, is best but if you have a large number of them or you have a problem in a large lawn with weeds, you may have to resort to some kind of chemical control. You can plant white clover right now. White clover in Florida grows during the winter, during the cooler time of year. It's not going to survive and grow for year and years and years and years. It's going to survive until spring. But if you want to grow clover, now is the time to put it in. Annual rye is something else that people put over their lawn. They put the rye seeds on top of their lawn. It'll sprout. It'll grow during the winter. It'll be very green and grow very well. And then in the spring, when the temperatures start to go up, the rye grass will die back. Rye can be a little difficult to maintain. It's very, very fine blades, a little difficult to cut. So if you let it get too long and you cut it, you're going to get wads of grass clippings, gets a little, a little mucky and a little difficult to cut them and have it look really good. But a lot of people plant winter rye to help fill in their lawn, and a lot of people still do. Frog fruit or fog fruit, it has a number of different common names. You would have to buy by the plant. So you can purchase, and my guess, I'm sure that you can find online a nursery that will sell you 
fog fruit or frog fruit plants, but you have to buy basically a little plug. So if you take little plugs and put them in where you want to grow it, it spreads very quickly. I have a large area of it in my backyard and a large area in the front yard. And it came with the house. I have no idea how it got there or where it came from. It's just there. And during the summer, it grows really well. It's spread quite a bit in the backyard. And it's a host plant for a number of different butterflies. And for several weeks, my backyard is filled with butterflies that all fed on the fog fruit. And the caterpillars crawled up the side of my house and made their chrysalis up along the overhang. I had a bunch of them. And now I have a backyard full of butterflies. And I didn't even do it on purpose. It just kind of happened all on its own. So um, if you plant fog fruit, you will have butterflies and you will have a good ground cover. It does die back in the winter quite a bit. So mine is going to look pretty rough this winter, but that's okay. It'll come back in the spring. And Buddy says up there in the panhandle is 68 and cloudy right now. Here in Central Florida, it's supposed to be, oh, I don't know, maybe 80s, mid 80s today. But it's definitely been nicer overnight and early in the morning. I actually got almost a full day's worth of yard work done this past weekend. The weather was so nice. It's a little tough when it feels like 120 out there to be out there past, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, oh, Lee says with the leaf cutter bees, she saw one this morning. And it was on his back going around a circle, didn't have my camera. So, yeah, if you can send pictures of a suspect bee, we can try to figure out exactly what it is. And Lee also says that with the uh, leaf cutter bees on the pole beans, the damage isn't too bad. She doesn't use chemicals. That's great. And because in that situation, there is not going to be a really effective chemical control. Sure, there are things that you can spray, and it may deter leafcutter bees, but you're probably going to disrupt things. You're going to there's more downside to that than there's upside. There's there is no surefire leafcutter bee preventative or pesticide that I know of. Kind of a um, not really common issue. So Debbie says. She has about an acre in the back. I believe the previous owner did nothing other than mow the weeds. Yeah, that's pretty easy to do. That's low maintenance. That's what a lot of people do to a large extent. That's what I do. It's just that my yard came with a number of different things growing in it. And I'm. it doesn't bother me to the point where I'm actually going to do anything about it. Uh, she's looking for something that is no work but will stay green. Like I said, the fog fruit or frog fruit state is green and it flowers. It's also called matchstick plant or matchstick flower. The flowers are very small and white, and they look like a tiny little matchstick with a little white top on them. Butterflies love them. If you if you have a butterfly garden, you're trying to attract more um, wildlife to your garden, surefire attractant for butterflies. Like I said, depending on exactly where you live, it will probably die back in the winter and not look as attractive. But most of the year, it looks good as a ground cover. Um, any low-growing weed would be good. That's essentially what it does in my yard. 
it is a low growing weed that's an effective ground cover covers the dirt which is very important and gives me a lot of unexpected benefits it flowers which all the butterflies in my yard like it is the host plant for i think we showed two weeks ago the peacock butterfly and the um there's a two different species of crescent butterflies they're very small orange and black butterflies and my backyard is filled with both i have groups of five or six of them just flying around in a circle and have for a couple of weeks they just went they went nuts in my yard for some reason this year i had a bumper crop of caterpillars i guess partly because i'm not spraying the yard i'm not treating for anything i have no problems with it i can i'm happy with what i have and i'm happy to let it be i understand that people who live in de-restricted hoa communities can't do that others may want more of a, a manicured turf grass look and that's fine but the most important thing that when we're talking to people and i stress this with master gardener volunteers also is to start with asking people what is your goal what are you shooting for what is your what is your end game basically i want a perfectly manicured saint augustine lawn i want to attract butterflies and wildlife to my yard i want Ground cover, I want something to cover the dirt and look green in my yard, but it doesn't have to be a perfect stand of St. Augustine or Zoysia or something else. I can go in between. So it's very important to sit there and think, what is your end goal? What do you want? And then what will you tolerate? What will you not tolerate? A lot of people say, I don't want to use pesticides. And we can, I, you know, I can give you pesticide-free recommendations. Other people say, I want pesticide recommendations, that's fine. We can give you recommendations for that also. So if we have an idea of what your goal is, we can help you get there without wasting a lot of time and money and putting unnecessary chemicals and fertilizers and extra water out there that's not going to get you to where you want to be. So that's the lecture for today. Uh, we can go ahead and wrap it up for the day. No, just kidding. We'll stay on here a little bit longer. But that's, I guess, today's lecture on Think long and hard about what your goal is and what you're shooting for. And if you know it, we can help you get there if it's possible. Let's say you move to Hernando County and you want to grow lavender commercially and you want to grow 100 acres of lavender. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't make those rules. Lavender doesn't grow well here because the humidity in the summer is very, very hard on it and generally kills it. It's going to get any one of a bunch of different diseases. But if you want to have a certain type of lawn, you want to have a certain type of ground cover, you want to plant things that are going to attract birds or butterflies or bees, whatever it might be, we can help you come up with a plan to get you there. So Lee has fog fruit or frog fruit. I know it goes by both names uh, that came up as volunteers. Um, I think, and I'm not positive exactly how it is spread. It could be spread a lot of different ways. It could be spread by wildlife. It could be spread by seeds. I'm sure the little flowers are, are fertile and they can set seeds. Maybe the seeds blow in the wind. Maybe the seeds are moved around by water. So heavy rain is going to wash it from my yard into your yard into the neighbor's yard. Yeah, it tend, I don't know anybody who's deliberately planted it, although you can. I have it, and I don't know where it came from, 
Lily has it. She has no idea where it came from either. A lot of people do. Um, Cindy asks, is the frog fruit grass hardy or does it need a lot of water, sun or shade? Mine is in a very sunny, full sun area and my yard, my lawn has never gotten watered and probably never will get watered. So mine does just fine on natural rainfall. It was a little behind and looked dry and crispy and not very good early this spring because it was really dry. We had kind of a late start to rainy season, but once rainy season kicked in and we started getting the really regular rainfall, it took off. And like I said, for some reason, I've just had a bumper crop of it and had a bumper crop of several species of butterflies. Their caterpillars did obviously fantastic. And I have wasps up around the eaves and in my yard and wasps do carry caterpillars off to their nest and they feed on them. So they help to keep the caterpillar population under control. But even with the wasps, the caterpillars did just great. They, they did crawl up my wall, up to the fascia and the soffit and the overhang. And they were making chrysalises, chrysalis, whatever the plural of chrysalis is, cocoons. And they pupated. And oh my gosh, they came out in troves. I've never seen so many butterflies in somebody's yard. I said, well, while they're still out there, I do need to shoot some video of them just to show you what I'm talking about. And it was easy. I, I didn't, I obviously didn't do anything. It happened just kind of magically all by itself because I let the frog fruit and the other ground covers grow. And some years they grow just great. Other years, not as well. I let, I don't use any pesticides out there and everything worked out just great. So I can, I can tell you that it's not really difficult to do if you just you know kind of provide the right environment for what you're trying to attract it was pretty easy for me he says i don't know i don't know to do anything with my frog fruit it does get mowed at times by my lawn guy yes mine all of mine is in lawn turf area so it's all in an area where it's covering the ground where there would be perfect grass if I had perfect grass. So it gets cut, but even though my yard is maybe half Bahia, the other half different various types of weeds, I still cut the grass high. If you cut it high, I'm talking three inches, no lower than three inches. I generally, a lot of times I'll set the mower on the highest height, which is a good four inches high. <clears throat> it cuts, it cuts the top of the fog fruit off, but still leaves most of it. It leaves the taller weeds, which shade out the lower growing weeds. The bahia does really well. My bahia grass component of my lawn, once rainy season started this year, did great. If you stood there and looked, you would say that most of my lawn was bahia, even though maybe half of it is, because I cut it really high and just natural rainfall cooperated this year. So fog fruit can be cut, but you don't want to cut it really short. The higher you can cut it, the better. And the higher you cut everything, the better. What you have out there will look thicker and fuller, and you'll see a lot less bare dirt, if that's your goal. Debbie said she tried to transplant some frog fruit. What she thought was about a four-inch plant turned out to be about 12 inches. I pulled it up carefully and hope it grows and spreads in a new location. It should 
they are very tough, durable plants. Of course, after you, when you transplant it, try to dig up just as much of the roots as you can and dig up a, a plug or a chunk or a little round area and then carefully transplant it, plant it at the same depth where you're moving it. Water it really well for at least the first couple of days till it gets settled in. Once it gets established and starts to spread, if it's really, really dry, you may want to water it some. All plants during a dry period are going to benefit from some water, but you don't absolutely have to. It's a native plant and it will survive the dry periods and it will thrive and go crazy during the wet periods. I'm not sure how flood tolerant it is. So I'm not sure if you put it in a spot that tends to flood in your yard, if you get lots and lots of rainfall, how well it's going to do. My guess is it'll survive just fine. And yeah, I, I was completely surprised by my backyard and the, the bumper crop of butterflies this year. I was just like amazed by that. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, if you just don't mess with things, sometimes everything works out just fine. Some people um, think that you have to man overmanage landscapes to get results. Sometimes less management is better. Not always. And once again, that depends on what your long-term goal is. But if you do come up with a long-term goal and you sit there and you contact me and we tell you, that's going to take a lot of management. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of money. You're going to have to use a lot of chemicals. You're going to have to use a lot of herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, and a lot of water. Might not be a really good plan of attack. So, I mean, I don't ever want to discourage people from growing anything in particular, but we're the ones who have to sometimes give you the honest, I'm sorry, you can't grow lavender here. You can't grow apples generally very well in Central Florida. A few people do, but it's very few. And I know up there in uh, the Panhandle, you go just a little bit north of here. I know Warren is able to grow apples up there. Um, another question is pecans. Pecans, we in Hernando County are just a little bit too far south. You can plant them here and they will grow, but they tend to be short-lived. They don't live for more than five to 10 years. If you go just a little bit north, like Gainesville North, pecans grow great up there. They actually harvest them and sell them. You can buy them alongside of the road during the winter outside of Gainesville, out in the countryside. Redbud trees, I had a picture with um, some problem redbud trees that were planted just a few years ago that had fungal leaf spot here in Hernando County. If you go just a little bit north of here, um, let's say northern Citrus County and above, redbud trees grow great. Hernando County is the borderline south of here. They can grow. I know people who do have large, good-looking redbud trees, but they're very, very difficult, and they die frequently. So any other questions, please feel free to join right in. Um, Sharon asked Plumbago, good or bad? All depends. All depends on what your goal is and what you're trying to accomplish with Plumbagos. Plumbagos are just fine. They're not invasive. They tend to grow very problem-free. 
I've very, very rarely seen any kind of problem with plumbagos. They, they could get diseases and outbreak of a fungus. They do get insect problems, but very, very rarely. I'm not sure if I've ever diagnosed problems with plumbagos. The problem with them is if you put them in a spot where they're happy and they're doing well, they can grow very quickly. And if you allot, only allot them a little bit of room, you're always going to be pruning them. So maybe all summer long, it's like, oh my gosh, those plumbagos have gotten huge. I got to go out there and trim them again. They may take a lot of maintenance. So putting them in a spot where they have a good amount of room to grow higher and wider and prune them back really, really short in the spring. That way you can leave them alone and let them go for quite some time as they grow and flower, grow and flower, grow and flower before you're going to have to prune them back again. You don't want to have to go out there and be working full time in your yard pruning everything. That's just too much work. And if you come up with a good plan, you don't have to do that with things. But other than that, plumbagos are great. They are a Florida-friendly plant. I don't have any, but I'd recommend it. So any other questions here? Let me double check my email here real quick. No, no pictures emailed. Um, let me go ahead and give you our office's phone number. If you'd ever like to call, if you ever do call our office, chances are you're going to get in touch with Teresa, who's out there right now answering the phones. And whatever your question or problem is, she can help you out. Otherwise, she'll pass you on to me. Let's see what else we have here. If you're interested in any of our free classes, and I recognize people's names on here today, that I recognize from class lists in the past. So I guess this message has gotten through to some of you. If you go to HernandoExtension.com, that's a freestanding webpage that you can go to. And that has our most up-to-date listing of all of our different classes that are available. It has the current links for next week's virtual plant clinic. I'll probably schedule that and get that posted later on today. I try to do it on Thursday for the following Thursday. Facebook only lets you do it seven days in advance. That's why I can't do it weeks in advance. Facebook won't let me. But uh, all of our upcoming virtual plant clinics are there. All of our free classes coming up are there. We do have a class for um, local residents on blackberries coming up. Lily has classes on a very, very regular basis. We're probably going to cut back a little bit for the holidays. Turnout gets a little bit lower. People get busy for the holidays. You're <clears throat> traveling for Thanksgiving and Christmas shopping, even if it's just ordering stuff from Amazon and answering the door all day long. Attendance goes down, but we will be back right after the first of the year with a whole new plan and schedule of great, interesting classes with lots of really knowledgeable speakers on there. So go ahead and visit HernandoExtension.com. Bookmark it, check it frequently to see what we have coming up. And if anybody wants to contact Lily, here is her email address. If you have Florida-friendly landscape or plant questions, feel free to email her. She's still on vacation. She won't be back till Monday. But don't be afraid to fill her email inbox, and she'll get back to you as soon as she can after she gets back to work this coming Monday.
And let's see if we have any other questions here. <gasps> Look at that. It says, hi, everyone from Lily. That must be Lily on there. At least she's tuning in, checking up on us, making sure that I'm answering questions and answering them correctly. And hopefully she heard me give a plug for go on there and fill Lily's email inbox. So when she gets back to work on Monday, she'll open her email. Oh, my gosh, 700 emails. No, seriously, don't bury her with emails right off the bat. She probably won't be able to get back to you right away. So um, what else do we have here? Um, for anybody who is into listening to podcasts, we have taken these virtual plant clinics and taken just the audio part, and they are now podcasts. So if you go, here's the web address. If you go to anchor.fm slash William dash J dash Lester. You can download the podcast and listen to it. I know podcasts have become very, very popular in recent years. And as always, if you have never done so before and you're on Facebook, please be sure to visit our Facebook page. Our short name is Hernando EXT. So if you go onto Facebook and you search Hernando Extension or Hernando EXT, you're going to find us. Lily has a Facebook page on there also. Let's see if I can remember the name. It's Hernando County, Florida, Friendly Landscaping with Lily Browning, something like that. It's a pretty long name. But if you go in the little search bar and go Hernando County, Florida, Friendly, you should find her right there. And we always post a lot of really good information on our Facebook pages. We share interesting articles. We share current news, like with different invasive plants and pests that you should be on the lookout for. We always make events and put information up about upcoming classes, workshops, events. And like I said, we have a wide variety of different ones. And Lily even gives me the seal of approval there. So doing a good job, Bill. Thanks, Lily. Hope you're having a great time up north. Um, we need to wrap it up shortly here. Like I mentioned, I'm not sure if you've been on since the very beginning, but last week we had to cancel our plant clinic. And I think that was the first time, other than maybe for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And since we started this, we're on about a good year and a half at this point because my computer died. Uh, it would not power up. The power board died. As a matter of fact, the technician is supposed to be coming to fix it today, and I'm surprised that he hasn't just burst right in here halfway through today's virtual plant clinic. You watch. Everyone will show up at the same time. And we also have uh, guests coming here to the office shortly in about 25 minutes. So if anybody has any other questions, the time to squeeze them in is right now very quickly. Otherwise, we'll go ahead and wrap it up and see everybody again next Thursday. Lily is supposed to be back next Thursday. Uh, I have a couple different people who I have been meeting. You know, we're trying to coordinate schedules so we can get them on here to be guests on Thursday. So hopefully one of them, their schedule will actually cooperate and we'll have them on here. You know, here on the virtual plane clinic, we use a platform that's called StreamYard. And I can have a grand total of 10 people on the screen all at once. So that's me, Lily, and eight other people. So 
I've never had that many on there before, but in theory, technically, we have the technology. We could. So there we go. Lily will be back here next Thursday at 10 a.m., same time, different place. It's a different link each and every week. So check our Facebook or check our YouTube or go to HernandoExtension.com and check the Facebook event there for the current links. And then you can decide, do I want to join on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, YouTube, all of them work. And we have had people on, um, let's see, we have three people, I think, on our Facebook page, two on the Facebook group, and two on YouTube right now. So they all work. And Lee, thank you so much for tuning in again. You have a great day also. And good luck with those leaf cutter bees. If you get a picture of the bee, or even if you can take some pictures of the plants and the damage they're causing, if you get a chance, go ahead and do that. And um, let me put my email back up here and shoot me an email because um, that's just interesting. It's something that you know we rarely see that's not very common. Uh, even though leafcutter bees are out there, they're not. I don't get many phone calls or emails about leafcutter bee damage, so it's kind of unusual. So if you get a chance, shoot me an email with some pictures. And if you get a picture of the bee, send me that. I work with native bee researchers and specialists, so I usually just send the picture to them, and they can cite ID it. They do a little bit better at that than I do. So. I don't see any other questions on here. So, hey, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week. And we will be back here again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Lily will be back with us. And maybe we'll have a special guest on here also. So, Debbie, thank you also. And thank you for the great questions. Uh, I kind of run out of things to talk about if you guys don't ask questions. So, Think up questions this week that you can spring on me next Thursday. So, and Lee, thank you so much. Lee's going to go out there and scout again for uh, leaf cutter bees and damage and uh, anything else interesting going on in the garden. But other than that, thanks again, guys. We're going to wrap it up and we'll see you again next week. See you then. Bye.